The love of men is a frigid thing, a mountain stream only three steps from the ice. We are his, O oh, storm father, we are his. It is but a thousand days, and the everstorm comes. Collected on the first day of the week of Falah, of the month of Shash, the year 1171, 31 seconds before death. Subject was a dark-eyed pregnant woman of middle years. The child did not survive. Heroes of presents The Stormlight Archive, Book One, The Way of Kings. start the episode just warning this is a spoiler filled episode Um, all of our episodes will be spoiler filled we will be only spoiling the chapters that we will be covering Um, so no worries if you are reading ahead all right Uh, welcome to the new show Um, I am Sean Q uh, your host as always and with me is one of my best friends in my whole life uh, Jack F how's it going Jack How's it going, buddy? Not bad, not bad. Uh, so we're actually doing this, right? We are doing this, and I'm pretty darn excited. That this yeah, so like three days ago, you and I have like a, a little bit of a, a sit-down meeting, a, a Discord meeting where we talk about the future of Heroes Of and what we should do, and I throw out that, hey, I'm kind of interested in doing maybe doing a Stormlight Archive podcast, and you're like, I'll read that book. <laughs> and then... let's, let's have a book club. Yeah, let's have a let's have a Discord book club. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, so so we're it doing sounded, this. Sounded like a a novel idea. <laughs> hey, <Hello>. oh. <laughs> um, you. Uh, uh, I talked to you on Monday, right? Yeah, Monday. Please do. Yeah, yeah. You talked to me on Monday, and I went uh, down to my local bookstore. So unfortunately, I fully admit I, I hadn't heard of Brandon Sanderson. So I'm coming at this with absolutely fresh, uh, fresh eyes and ears uh, to this whole thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I'm, I've only read the prelude and the prologue uh, to the first book of the Stormlight Archives, which is like yeah. So you prologue. have you have no prior existence uh, with um, Brandon Sanderson. So you've never read the Mistborn series. You've never read nope. even uh, the Wheel of Time, the end of a Wheel of Time, which he took nope. over from Robert Jordan. Yeah. So you have nope. no experience. You were just a dude who had time and was willing <laughs> to read a book and like talking to your friend. That's pretty oh, much the well, show. And, and, and on that and on that note, uh, I was a dude. Yeah. And this book is very dude. This is yeah. It is. This is the kind of stuff you read and you go, dude. What's the deal? I want to talk about well, that. Well. Actually, if I could um, go scroll lot. through my, if I could scroll through my text messages over the last few days, you literally just texted me, "dude," a bunch of times because you just <laughs> you kept reading and you were like, "dude, 
I was. I was like, because I, I keep, I kept reading one thing after another and going, dude, like, what's with that? And I made all kinds of crazy notes uh, for this thing. Right. So I don't know if you want me to just uh, start with what well, you like, what with what you thought about the prelude, or if you want um, me to. Well, I, I'm kind of. This is this is where I'm coming from. Is that I've hmm. read. I've we're on the Wave King, so we're um, we're doing. Um, <laughs> let's announce what we're doing here. We're right. just rambling for no reason. Um, <laughs> we are going to be uh, listening to the Stormlight Archive, uh, and every two or three uh, chapters, we're going to get together and do a, a, a quick like a chat about it. Um, we're not going to go in depth into themes and uh, foreshadowing and all this stuff. This this book's got, this series has got a lot of that, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to go kind of through it uh, as a like for you as a first time reader and just kind of uh, um, talk about the series and see what you think. And and ultimately, I mean, this whole thing, Heroes of, that we do is a um, is an RPG D and D. Uh, podcast right um we put out um rpgs like the invisible sun game we're doing i uh, um uh, the first season one we had a bunch of interviews with other dnd creators so you and i we come at this from a dnd perspective yeah sure well and and, so one of the... and 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 i couldn't help but notice that and we can get into it uh um because it more i think pertains to the prologue as opposed to the prelude but right. uh, I could definitely step by step kind of see how with certain scenes that uh, 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 Brandon was describing with one of his characters, it was very much like you would uh, advance in level and abilities with a character in a D&D or RPG game. Yeah, and you're going to see that. Uh, um, that's actually a really good uh, point to bring up because a lot of these characters you're going to be seeing are going to level up. For lack of a better word, they're going to level right. up as you read these books, and uh, it's part of the fun, right? So well, well, let's mean, not get ahead of ourselves. Let's, okay, uh, yeah, sure, sure. let's, uh, let's just let's get right into it. So, um, okay. so you, um, you read... <laughs> the assignment was to read the, uh, yes. the prelude. Yeah, the assignment uh, was to uh, read the prelude and the prologue of the Way of Kings. Yes. And so, for give me a uh, kind of a, a quick um, thought. What did you think okay. of them so far? Okay. Well, so so first things first. I, I went I went down to my local uh, used bookstore, uh, hoping and hoping and hoping that it was there. And uh, lucky for me, it was there. And I not only managed to pick up the Way of Kings, but also the next two books. So, but when I saw The Way of Kings on the shelf, when I first looked at it, as I was saying to you, I thought, oh, great, I can get all three in one volume. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so so my first impression was my jaw was on the floor when I looked at the novel and I went, oh, that's the first one. So Brandon, yeah. said, Brandon Sanderson, there's a lot of words in here. This is good. I mean, I'm yeah. not... Uh, I, I, I will say, no, I, I was going to say I'm not intimidated. No, I totally am. I'm very intimidated <laughs> by reading all these words. Uh, to be honest, the last, the last trilogy I read was a Pierce Anthony trilogy. And right. uh, it Great was... Great writer. Nowhere, yeah, it was nowhere near as uh, as uh, sort of big, I guess, as this. Yeah. This is like... You had said you had a, like a really great time at the, uh, the really bookshop yeah. and really he liked it. So, so some sometimes like you know how we come to a book is um, kind of part of the oh. enjoyment of reading it, right? When you have a good experience, yeah. some someone yeah. lends it to you or something. So yeah, this is cool. It's good the, good the way guy, to start. The guy, the guy in the used bookstore was really kind. He was of course respecting all manner of uh, of um, 
you know, safety precautions under the current situation. And right. uh, so we, uh, or rather, I was able to pick this uh, this series up and started started reading it right away. And the first thing I always love this about fantasy fiction, but I just thought I, I would I would um, sort of say that my my first experience was flipping to the map. Right. So so opening up the book and looking at the map and looking at the world and i thought okay this is this is really great because I, I already feel like it's a destination it's a there place. are there, there should be two separate world maps in there well there are so the first map that i encountered let's have a look here yeah um map it's titled roshar right and so i just was having a look at it and I did notice one thing that I, I was wondering if this was going to become a, a, an element to the book, but there is a directional compass, mm -hmm. and on the eastern side it says Stormward, and right. on the westward side it says Leeward. So right. I was kind of wondering. So this is the first thing I looked at, and I did ponder about the map a little bit before I started reading. And I thought, okay. wow, like is is Brandon going to be going for? Uh, describing this world without east and west connotations mm -hmm. now i realized when i started to read he does he does describe eastern and east uh there and i and so far in my reading stormward and leeward has not come up but i'm curious no, but... as to why it's there yeah that's cool um so i noticed that and then flipping into the prelude uh so let me see Prelude. Okay, so the the second map might be might be later. So yeah, the second map is later, but the prelude really cool introduction here. Uh, right, introduced to a few interesting characters. Uh, it's either Kalak or Kalak. Um, it's Kalak, I think. Yeah, it's Kalak, and then the, the other um, the um, just for transparency here, uh, Jack is reading mm -hmm. the actual hard cover novel, or not the hard cover. You're reading a paperback novel. Correct. And I am um, this time around. I am listening to the audible version, which is read uh, read by um, Michael Kramer and his wife Kate Reading. Um, they're fantastic. But I have read these novels several times over um, in yeah. in actual hard form. Uh, just this time around, I'm enjoying them in a different format, and it's reignited my uh, my passion for this series. So, um, so yeah. So I'm I I wasn't uh, recently just uh, I was sorry recently just listening to it and uh, the uh, Michael Kramer reads it as Kalak. Mm, okay, so Kalak. So mm -hmm. um, so again, introduced to Kalak and these these uh, thunderclass stone beasts right. um, that that are the, the way that they describe it in the prelude that they are part of the part of the rock, part of the granite, and they mm -hmm. and they they literally try to wrestle themselves away from the rock to come and and, and attack so i i yeah, really thought, I thought it was you'd very like very visual um mm -hmm. i really like that i wrote down all kinds of things that i didn't understand like terms like surge binders yes. um they don't really go into it in the prelude but they they of course they're dropping all of these things um mm, i the, i wrote the, down a bunch of terms battle, as well so the, the battle that they describe in the prelude is is uh um the, the scene is covered in red, orange, and violet blood. So a multicolored blood-stained battle, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, they, they dropped the concept of surviving desolations. 
And this is where I had to, that's, that's when I stopped. And it was, it was, and I had to think about this because they, they just introduced the character and um, they're already hinting just in the prelude that this character has died before at the right. hand, at the hands of something similar to these thunderclasts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I was like, what? So right away you, you meet a character and right away you right. find out that, that they died already. Right. And so I'm like, okay, so you died already. And then it goes into uh, him meeting this other king that they refer right. to. And his, his name is Jezrian. Jezrian, yeah. Yeah, and, and then they refer to him as... Okay, I've got, I've got more notes on this stuff. I, I totally geeked out on this. Yeah, that's cool. Um, oh, and that desolation, as described by Kalak, was a place... Uh, that he was supposed to go back, but it was a place that he dreaded um, to, um, go, to go back to. Uh, technically, uh, point of order, sir, point of order. Um, <laughs> technically, the desolation uh, in this uh, prelude is not referred to as the place he has to go to. There is a place oh, that he yes. has to go to where he receives torture. Um, right. And there is desolations. So those two things are separate. Oh. Okay, so, I, that, so as a new reader... That's not really uh, apparent to me. Not, not super, that... not super important to know now because you'll, right. you'll hear these terms over and over again throughout the book, right? So, um, so to try to puzzle things out early on like this is sure. a, a, a little futile because you're going to end up figuring it out eventually. So, gotcha. Well, I so these um, these two warriors meet. So yeah, Yezrian is yeah, uh, referred to okay. as the uh, immortal king of the heralds. That's right. So I did write that down because that was noted in the prelude. Um, they appeared to have ended this battle, and and Yezrin was waiting for Kalak because they weren't sure if he had survived this battle or not. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them, uh, as it turns out, is missing. Mm-hmm. And each of the others had already placed their swords into into stone because it's it's announced from Yezrin to Kalak that. It's time for the oath pact to end, and right. so they they place their swords into this stone. Um, and I find out that let me see here. Yezrin is a king. Yeah, um, uh, Talonel is the one that apparently was missing or died. Yeah, yeah, he um, died. Between desolations, it's it's. Uh, noted that it's a place of nightmares, um, and Talonel, I guess, would would be there in that he's died. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yezrian says, um, "We've decided that only one of us must complete the oath pact." Correct. Uh, now he named he dropped another name, uh, Ishar. Mm-hmm. Thinks that it is enough if one is still bound to this oath pact. So again, first time reader, I and I and I've only read these first two things, so I don't know what the oath back refers to. Um, right. And it does seem to seem to hint at an end to this cycle of desolations, but I'm not sure. Um, Kalak, uh, I like the way that they described that Yezrin was an immortal king, so that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, beautiful silver full plate. Uh, contrasting uh, ragged tan skin, 
um, and shoddy leather uh, primitive wraps. So these are other people that are in the aftermath of this battle. Um, and then Yezrian refers to that they that these primitive uh, sort of looking people, in contrast to them, certainly, that they see us as divinities. And then right. Kalak uh, says, well, they, they have the radiance. That will be enough. I don't know what that means, the radiance. Um, uh, Yezrian was referred to as the King Heralds. Uh, Yezrian's blade formed in hands from mist. Right. And appears to be like dripping with water. Is mm-hmm. kind of how they, or condensation, how they, how they lead to that. Yes. Yeah. And it's also very cold. Um, uh, Kalak uh, does the same, puts his blade in, making nine blades. And Kalak right. uh, notices at the end of this uh, prelude, notices the, uh, the uh, empty spot where I guess Talonel's blade would have gone. Right. Uh, and it's missing, and he, his last thought in this prelude is, "Forgive us." So pretty yeah, so great little opener. Yeah, little intro, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mm-hmm. one, the one thing that I wrote down in my notes that uh, mm-hmm. you haven't mentioned about the prelude is, um, um, I think it's uh, Kalak says to Yezrian something about, um, something about the enemy. Says, uh, do you think it'll be enough to stop the enemy? And like referring to like the enemy almost like as a capital E as opposed to um, like just some regular enemy. Oh, I, I missed the capital E on the enemy. I actually noted that blades. There might there might not have been an actual capital E in this oh, okay. uh, in the actual book, but like um, it's said yeah. like there is a capital E. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I wrote down on my notes that I did think it was interesting that um, uh, that when they described the blades that they were capitalized. Right. So that I, I thought was uh, yeah something special. Very, very curious, mm-hmm. and it said that the masters uh, could not be dead because the blades would vanish. Mm-hmm. So the blades that were put into stone, each of the master of that blade was still alive because the blade would right would have vanished as well. So that was cool. Um, Yes, and so it then does... the the prelude pretty much ends, yeah, right? Yeah, it, yeah like, that's it's, uh, that's pretty much the yeah. That's the, there's much... not much else, yeah. Mm-hmm. So prologue, and then the prologue starts. Mm-hmm. Oh, the prologue! Oh my god. So the prologue starts with a curious uh, little quote. Yes, so that I really want to talk about because that quote mm-hmm. is great. What stood out to me the it's most? It's like like is... a two sentence thing has so much information in it. Well, and I, I only wrote down the first part of it that I thought that I'm really ruminating on, which is the, love, sure, yeah. the love of men is a frigid thing, a mountain stream only three steps from the ice. So for me, that's the part that really kind of resonated with me. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bleak, or maybe it's a little... Um, Certainly, it's certainly pessimistic, or maybe, or maybe it's it's they're just realistic. Um, but that's the part of it that really stood out to me is that yeah. uh, is that love is close. I think to the way it, it starts, I think the way it starts is the, the 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 quote is like, "Oh, storm father." Yes. 
like crying out to some kind of something. Right, um, which I don't. Oh, Stormfather. This is obviously paraphrasing. I don't have the book in front of me here, but um, it says, says Oh, Stormfather, um, the Everstorm comes. That's right. And that's the last of it is that, is that uh, it is about a thousand days and the Everstorm comes. Right. Right. And um, it said this was collected. The, um, right. By a, a dark, dark, dark eyed pregnant woman of middle years. Child did not survive. Right. Yeah, 30, 30 seconds. Yeah, this this quote was uh, taken thirty seconds before her death. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know what she's referring to in terms of the storm father. Uh, I did like Obviously, the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's this little stone kind of archway on this page of the prologue, mm -hmm. and. I did notice that there are two eyes depicted, left and right, and inside of the eyes, two pupils. Cool. So I don't know if that has anything for the future, but that was kind of cool. It all it, it all has something to do with something, dude. Okay, so all these details. All maybe, yeah, well, I, I figured that with this much detail and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and sort of uh, intricate sort of concepts and elements. So, that so the prologue... So the prologue begins with um, a new character. Um, I think I don't know if the, the the paper book says it, but in the audio book just recently, it said um, between the prelude and the prologue, four thousand yes. five hundred years go by. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was wonderful too. So again, a great uh, a great way to um, uh, I guess convey the vastness of the story. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just a it's a nice tool. Uh, to, con to convey that. Oh. But we open on uh, a new character named Zeth, son mm -hmm. of Valano, Truthless yeah. of Shinovar. That's right. Yes. So, Zeth, let me see. Um, yeah, the Truthless, the Shin. Oh, I love this. That he, he's, he wore white on this day. So when we meet this character, because on this day, he is to kill a king. And right. the prologue is called... And then he explains it a little later why, right? Yes, so a little later we find out that it's a Parshendi tradition, and Parshendi are a group of people uh, who, very interesting, they have uh, dark and red uh, marbled skin to the right. So that's really uh, a fascinating thing. Uh, I did. I did. I had to write. I had to write down because I, I did enjoy the reference to something referred to as sapphire wine. So I, I, yeah. I, wrote, I wrote down that I that I would like some. So Brandon, you can uh, you can have to Hook us up with some of that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, so there, so there's a, a treaty signing celebration going on. This is taking place on Alfkar, to which there's a second map that we get to see mm -hmm. on the on the prologue here. And the Alethi and the Parshendi are dancing and enjoying this night in celebration of this peace treaty that's, that has been signed. So, and on this night, of course, we meet Zeth, who has, I guess, been hired by the Parshendi mm -hmm. to kill a king. So this is an yeah, assassin. He says, uh, his, his masters, right? His masters, that's right. So, right. so already it's, they're, they're, they're setting it up wonderfully yeah they, he's they he's at this peace treaty right it's like uh this treaty signing that's right and they describe everybody between the parshendi 
between the Parshendi yeah. and, and the Alucar or, or the Alepi. Right, right. So they're they're dancing, they're frolicking, and, and all this is going on, which is wonderful. They drop a few names, so they drop the king's brother's name, which is Dalinar, Colin. Uh, mm-hmm. They drop uh, the king's daughter's name, Vyazna. They drop yeah. the king's heir, Alucar, who is conducting affairs in the celebration after the king had already gone uh, to his chambers. I, I would, I would think. And then they drop. Yeah, he then, sees. He sees Dalinar Colin drunk. He wonders yes. where Jasna is. Yes. And uh, looks over at Elokar, who's still at the party, I think. Right. Yeah. And then uh, it describes music's friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tiny spirits, tiny spirits, translucent ribbons uh, zipping through the air. So, right. So, and, and this concept of spren comes up again. And again, right. Toward the There's end. fear spren and flame Correct. spren and yes. uh, anger spren. Yeah. Now, um, so I have many it questions. Seems like about it's, that. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, of course. So, uh, so what so do you the, think of that? So well, well, well. It, it, it just again, it's these concepts that are dropped on you in, in the narrative in the story, and as a first-time reader, you've got to try to think of what you're going to do with that. Either you dismiss it, you'll catch it later, or you can ruminate. So, you know, since we're doing it this way, I was thinking about it. So, music spread, like, are these ribbons and, and translucent uh, um, uh, visions something that everyone can see? Or is it something... Yes. Ah, okay. So that I wasn't sure about, whether, whether or not you had to have certain abilities uh, to be able to see it. No, there, um, there's there's certain kinds of spren that only certain kinds of people can see. Okay. But okay. most basic spren, like flame spren or, or exhaustion spren or or any of those kinds of ones, uh, mm. most most people can see them. So it's these like are part of everyday life. So yeah, and, and and these are like spiritual manifestations of, of what's happening. Yeah, and not just what's happening, but like uh, uh, objects and feelings and um uh situations and stuff have spread it's um it's a very it's a very like uh, it. uh, weird it's really, thing it's really cool and it's so yeah. visual like is this i have to say like is this being worked into the uh like a television series or uh um, no, movie n- or no not not this one yet not you know oh, he's working so on um he's working on a different series called the mistborn series which uh you'll read that eventually um but uh, um i want to talk i still want to talk about sprens though um, okay, the, sure. the sprens um sprens kind of remind me of something that would exist in like a studio ghibli like animation you know what i mean like um like in okay, princess yeah. mononoke you know those uh, four yeah. spears in princess mononoke the little white ones that do that like little clicking yeah. sound and they turn their heads upside down and stuff yeah it kind of it, it kind of reminds me of those like these like yeah. these spiritual like things that just are just always around and it's like literally no like nobody's like freaking out no one's yeah. like no. no one's scared of them it's just they're no. part of everyday life you know yeah no i i it's uh it's a subtle thing it, it makes the world rich so these things just just make it richer right so yeah uh, i love the next the, so the next note that i wrote after being dropped you know the names the dancing the, the, uh you're going through zeth's experience here and mm-hmm. 
he is describing that he is seeing these lanterns and lights that are in these sapphire gemstones that are infused right. infused with storm light. And then yeah. and the way that it's written is I love this, that uh, it's just written profane. Yes. And and that happens over and over as mm-hmm. Zeph notices certain things and it, and it's just it's, like it's, uh, walking on stone he says correct it's profane. it's profane it's profane i love yeah, yeah. I, so i really like that and uh um uh yeah so that was cool they, they also dropped that lefty scholars are rumored to be mm-hmm. close to uh producing new shard blades um yeah so that's cool it's cool. There's like a like an artificer kind of thing to it, where they can like kind of create stuff like that. Yeah, it's neat. They describe the Alephi men dark silk coats with gold and yep. silver, and their women wear these grand dresses um, with beautiful bright colors. But this is interesting in describing the Alephi, and I'm not sure if the Alephi play a big role in this series, but they describe the women as having a left sleeve on their dress longer um on i think it's the right hand longer they call it oh, the sorry. safe it's, hand it's, it's, it's on the left hand the the sleeve is longer than on the right and right. then the way that it's worded is that it's an odd sense of propriety right so what i what i kind of was sort of thinking about there is is uh if you're trying to be modest well it's only my left hand that's doing right so is there a deceptive quality to the Alephi, or are we, or is it hinting at to an Alephi woman? That's what I took from it. I might, I might be reaching at straws. I don't know. I just uh, thought, you know, you go, you go to the length of describing this, uh, this propriety, an odd sense of propriety, by describing that one sleeve is longer covering your hand and not the other. It, it's not. Um, it's not like a. It's more of like a world building thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You'll uh, they'll they'll it'll come up again. And you'll you'll find out what it what it is. It's not. Um, oh, okay. It's okay. more so like it's a religious not... kind of like yeah. um, wearing a uh, a covering over your head or a longer dress to not show your ankles. It's that kind of thing. Oh, okay. So um, also they describe gemstones in their hair in the Aleppi women, and again, the gemstones are lit with stormlight, and again. Seth said, in his mind, says profane. Right. So as this whole experience, he's walking around and he's just thinking, you know, he looks here, profane. He looks there, profane. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's just kind of like a, a window into his mind. Then mm-hmm. um, he, he uh, sees these uh, Voren, these ancient Voren statues, these ten heralds. Right. Uh, right. One, and one of the statues was missing. And this, uh, the name of this statue, Shalash, I think. Shalash, that's right. So, King yeah. um, King Gav- Gavilar of Alephi. So I'm assuming that's at this point. I'm assuming that's the king. And of course, I know over the rest of the end of this. Yep. Uh, of this so it right. is the king that he's trying to kill. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it's so... hard not to. It's hard not to know ahead of your own notes. <laughs> I know. So and apparently, King King Alephi was devout in his uh, worship uh, towards mm-hmm. these ancient uh, Vorian. Uh, uh, heralds or deities, and again, I couldn't help but think because of the prelude, you've got the right. nine and one's missing, and, got, and here you've got ten heralds of these. Got, well, did you did you notice any similar names 
when he said uh, when Zeth went through and said all the names of all the different statues, did you see that the, if there were any names that were similar between the prelude and the prologue? I read that. I did read those names, but I didn't write them down because I wasn't so sure. Yeah, they, there was uh, two names that were the same. Um, one, there was two names that were the same. One of them was Talonel. Yes, and the other was one, the one was yeah, and the, the other one was Kalak. Oh, well, okay. So here, so here's okay. So the reason why I didn't make the connection, and I think it was just because I'm I'm fairly, I guess, visual. Uh, Kalak is uh, K-A-L-A-K, and in mm-hmm. and in the Voran theological spelling, if you will, it's spelled K-E-L-E-K. Right. So it's spelled differently, and then and then ta- Talon. Uh, it's Talon. Elenalat? Yeah, exactly. Elenalat is how it's spelled, but it's uh, Talonel is the way that they uh, was, was written in the preview. So I didn't actually right. make that connection, but now that uh, you have brought that to my attention, mm-hmm. that makes it even cooler. Yeah, so it's like the, the, their Voran religion is based on these characters we just read about in the prelude. Okay, okay. So... All right. So, and we are, uh, so, okay. So I'm making a connection there. We are, um, how did, uh, Kalak word it? We are not gods to them, but we are. Right. No, he did say that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he did say that. Yeah. So that was fascinating. Um, let me see. Yeah. Profane again, profane with the rock walls. People are walking on the floor. In fact, they, yeah. they, they were, he refers to, a little bit later, he refers to the, the guards that he um, encounters. He refers to them as stonewalkers. Right. And it's almost like a, I couldn't help but think, of course, with any of this kind of stuff, I'm thinking, of, and we're going to get to all the pop culture things that I was thinking. But but describing someone as a stonewalker, of course, I was thinking of Skywalker. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I, I just kind of liked... Uh, the application of the word in describing he, people, um, like I uh, think he's using this like as an as in a uh, um, a derogatory way. Yes, yes. He exactly. said earlier, it's profane to walk on stone. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking, you know, I was just thinking it was it was kind of neat to describe somebody, yeah. like, you know, these bloody stone walkers, you know, walking around. And stone. then what are they doing? And then the um, yeah, what are they doing? Stone walkers. Yeah, bloody stuff. And then Zeth shows us plane. why he's here, right? Uh, yeah, so that according to... Uh, mm-hmm. That's what we have here. Oh, yes, and so why is here and why wears the white? So white to the old. White mm-hmm. is wearing white not to blend into the night. To give warning, because if you are going to assassinate a person, they're entitled to see you coming. Yeah, and I love awesome, right? that. I loved it. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so badass. That is so great. So, yeah. and they describe flame spread for the first time, dancing from torchlight like insects. Mm-hmm. So that was a really cool description. It's so cool, man. Like I just I'll, all I keep seeing in my head when I read it every time oh, is like so just visual. this a beautiful animated like yeah uh, yeah it's a very very visual uh, place. Um, uh, now Zeth, of course, now he's now he's dealing with with guards that are taking his attention. They're asking him to leave, 
and he's reaching for a pair of stormlight uh, lanterns. And now this is when everything goes down. He's then he is absorbing the stormlight into his body. Yeah, yeah. So that's when and they he, they describe it. One of the best things I love that one of the, my favorite things about this whole series is um, they describe how the stormlight is escaping from his mouth when his mouth is open, like right. it's like the smoke almost, like yes. this lit up smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can only hang on to it apparently. For a few minutes, except right, except as as uh, Zeph points out in his thoughts, except for Voidbringers, if they existed. I don't know what that. Yeah, yeah, that's another. It's another reference that we can't talk about yet. So no, we can't talk about it. That's no, we crazy. cannot. No, we can't because um, I have not read more than that. Okay, so so that's got me pretty excited. Uh, oh, and a small detail: because the guards that are dealing with Zeph are carrying spears because uh, guards that are not light eyes right. are not allowed to carry a sword. Mm-hmm. So again, world building, and then now we're getting into class, either class uh, um, delineations uh, or maybe even racial distinctions here. Um, yeah. It's definitely so, something, something about their like a, a class structure. So breeze in the stormlight uh, takes it inside of him. It's raging the way it's worded inside of him, and uh, oh, and this was beautifully done. So again, kudos to Brandon um, for this. Just loved it. Had to write it down. Uh, that, that when he took the stormlight out of these lanterns, the hallway became darker, like a hilltop. Yeah. Cut off from the sun, like a uh, from a transient cloud. Yeah. Oh, just I love that. It just was so perfect in yeah, uh, cool. describing that. And then, of course, and this is where it went very, um, it went very visual for me. And because I love film so much, I could not help but go there. So when when he starts to use the stormlight. Uh, in the way that it's described as yeah he's doing lashings for and then the basic lashing and then the subsequent lashings just this whole point this is when the pages for me started to turn faster and faster yeah I oh yeah man it's... I, I couldn't stop flipping i was like okay the action is it's, here it's time this for is me. the reason this is the reason yeah. why we had to record tonight and not wait till saturday because i need you to keep reading because uh, the pages are going to keep turning so this this is when, uh, at least for me, um, I, I kept tur- I kept turning the pages and writing down fewer notes. Yeah. Um, so the fir- first thing he does is he he does creates a lashing where he can like the the end of the hallway ends up being down for him. Yeah. 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 Exactly. How nuts okay. is that? Okay. Well, ju- I, it is. It is okay. It's absolutely crazy. First of all, yeah. I love it. It's it's literally <laughs> yeah. it's Brandon. Like right away, he's he's already kind of like turn turned the world upside down a few times because again, you start off with a prelude. You're introduced to these characters. They've already died before. Right away, it's like, huh? I'm just meeting yeah. somebody for the first time, and they've already died. So okay, so your your world has already been turned over. Then you fast forward 4,500 years. Um, and then, and then you get to, um, uh, to basically like, like, uh, 
using the stormlight to basically, I guess, manipulate uh, the forces of nature, if they're even worded as that. I think the way he words it is uh, that they, um, well, hang on. So that's on my next page of notes. But uh, but just prior to him using this, this lashing and this, and this ability, <laughs> next, okay? Next these, page of notes. I, I, I got it. Well, I'm almost... <laughs> I'm Let all, me just find my I'm index all... for all my notes here. And... I'm gonna get my table of contents out here. So yeah. the uh, no the what, what what I loved about this uh, this uh, this battle that 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 starts out is these two guards that are approaching Zeth and they've already asked him to leave, and then they see him absorb this light. Right. Okay. So they see it and they ask him something along the lines of. What are you, spirit or man? And um, and his reply is, I'm ellipsis dot dot dot. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then he unleashes this lashing. Right. So I thought it was pretty cool that he's saying so he, he he does like the like the legit like the greatest drop kick ever he is in a hallway there's two dudes at the end of the hallway he turns the end of the hallway down which means he's dropping like a straight drop he kicks each of them with each of his feet and they're shocked yeah they're shocked shocked. yeah they're like uh in D &D terms they're like stunned right now they're like completely like they like failed their 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 reflex check and they're completely stunned and, well, and then he's he's able to lash himself to the walls, and he's able to you know yeah, maneuver so on the side he, and the ceiling and he, get behind. Yeah, so he them. lashes himself to the end of the hallway, which ends up turning it kind of like on its end, so that he is falling straight down towards it, and he like yeah. double double drop kicks these guys in the head like. I, I like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat would be jealous of this dropkick is how amazing this dropkick drop kick was. Okay, well, and then, yeah. then, and then there's the lashing of the one that's on the ceiling and then impaling right. them on his own, on the on the spear that was dropped. Yeah. You know, and just, again, manipulating, uh, I, I know I wrote it down. Yeah, I did. Maybe I was too excited because when I was reading it, I, I didn't write oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's an awesome um, scene. We don't have to go through the whole scene. We don't have to go through the, the, the whole no. fight scene. It's really hard to t- talk about fight scenes unless we're well, like, dissecting it from... Ability, the ability to manipulate force, spren, or god that, right. that, help, that holds men to the ground. So he's manipulating forces, spren, and, and, and god powers of gods. Yeah, so gravity. In, in, yeah. But that's the way it's described. And again, um, yeah. uh, his clothes are crackling and dropping flakes of frost. And and for me, describing the flakes of frost could have a completely other meaning. But I refer back to the quote that started off the prologue, which is that that the love of men is a stream a few steps away from the ice. So because that frozen quote, it's just in my mind. So whenever they're describing the, yeah. these flakes of frost, I just keep thinking of that quote for a second. That's why I wrote it. I like that, actually. I, I like that connection. I don't think I've ever made that connection. That's really nice. Yeah, it was. It, it, and, and I'm, you know, I'm just kind of wondering if, if all of the struggle, you know, if they're describing, like, love, which is something that I, I could be a, a theme, or one of the themes of this uh, series, um, you know, it, it comes from this cold place where 
where things can, it's very tenuous. Yeah. So like it, it can turn to ice or we can, or we can maintain it, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I I'm not sure what, what my thoughts are uh, on that, but I, I was thinking a lot about that as I was finishing this wonderful uh, prologue. Um, oh, and well, then that's a, that'll be a oh, to be continued, right? Oh, this is amazing. The shard blades, they sever the soul itself. They don't actually do damage to the yeah. physical uh, body. Well, if it touches your arm, you can't use that arm anymore. Um, right. it, it goes through all inanimate objects, destroying them. Right, so like armor is useless against it. So again, you know, I'm sorry to bring up, uh, you know, Star Wars and but Skywalker. These blades are, you know, they're, they're I'm, I'm not going to say that they're like a lightsaber, but because of those abilities with being able to go through inanimate objects so easily, I couldn't help but, mm-hmm. but think about of course. something like that. Of course, I wasn't imagining it as a lightsaber, um, but the shard blades uh, did sort of, you know, I don't know, give me that, uh, that love there's, of, there's definitely of, that, a similarity of that idea. There. Of, of that idea, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the guards scream out that that, that, that shard bearer is here. They refer to yeah. Zeth as a shard bearer. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and this is when the violence. It's funny goes. how they 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 um, they instantly um, call him a shard bearer, um, and because of the sword, but they don't say it like they don't really know what they that don't really is. react. Well, they they react to the 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 gravity stuff, but it's not. Oh. They they don't know what to think of that stuff, right? They know what a shard bearer is, though. Yeah. Um, this is when they start getting scared. Is when, when mm-hmm. the guards start dying. This is when the the violet fear sprint crawls out of the stone ceiling, right uh, around the guard that was going to be impaled. He has a uh, he has a few he has a few fights um, where he does a lot of the same kind of lashings. He does mm-hmm. that thing with the door um, uh, where he uses the lashing to like seal it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, all this leading up to the encounter. Oh, this was so well done. Yeah. Uh, and, and and literally, there are so few notes right now because once it got to shard plate, once you had this yeah. n- this this knight yes. show up, yeah. Now the knight in the plate, and there's just the way that they describe the blue, yeah. Um, the sapphire uh, stormlight that is sort of uh, comprising the power behind this this armor. And how Zeth is kind yeah. of dealing with inside. He's like, "Well, I don't have this armor. I, I, I never wanted it, uh, but I know I, I know what it can do, and I know what I need to do to, to fight against this Samini." And so, of course, a series of action sequences unfold. And of course, this is all. And the paragraphs are just going through them, and uh, of course, concluding to a, a point where Zeth manages to definitely injure. This, um, this, this shard, shard plate knight, I guess, um, and then takes the shard bearer, the shard bearer, and then takes the opportunity, bearer, though, yeah. takes the opportunity though to head after the king that he saw being shuffled away by others. Right. So he does battle with this uh, fully plated uh, knight character. And then mm-hmm. sees an opportunity in the battle to go after the, the, the king, king. Right. but then and he starts to, but then he then he realizes he has this other thought. And why the, isn't the shard bearer chasing me? 
right. That's what he thinks. Why are, like, he should be on my ass right now. I don't think I killed him. And he didn't. No. And Zeth was smart enough to figure that out. And then, right. of course, as a writing tool, that's wonderful, of course, so we get to learn that, that this uh, fully plated knight uh, was indeed the king that he was after. Yeah, he says something like, uh, uh, where would a king be safest in the right. hands of his stewards, shuffling him away, uh, or in a full plate of armor with a, a, a magical yeah. godly weapon? <laughs> yeah. Right. So I yeah. love that little misdirection. Of course, I mean, you know, I, I didn't see it really coming. I was too, I was, I'm, I didn't see it coming when I first read it either, I, dude. I didn't, I didn't see it coming either. I didn't see it coming. But I thought, wow, that's awesome. Uh, it makes Seth yeah. uh, uh, intelligent and, and wise, or yeah, certainly, yeah, definitely cunning. Yeah, he's, cunning. he's definitely both, yeah. And yeah, he's very uh, cunning. So, yeah, wonderful. And then getting to the end, I don't know what I last wrote. Down. Oh, it was when the king was asking who sent him, and he was he said a couple of names. Yeah. And and the king was surprised that it was the Parshendi. Right. And then uh, he, the king, upon upon his death, asks his assassin to deliver mm -hmm. a message to his brother, whom we met earlier in the chapter. Right. Right. He was the drunkard. Correct. And that message. Um, let me see here. The message was to uh, find find the most important words a man can say. Correct. Yeah. Zeth took it upon himself to write that out in his blood. Right. And scrawled it on the wood. Brother, you must find the most important words a man can say. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, the, the whole the whole fight between the king and Zeth is amazing. Um, the end, whenever he's like, you know, what one of the things I love is the um, when the uh, shard plate gets uh, damaged, it starts to puff yes. out some stormlight. Yes, yeah, yeah, I love that. That the shattering of that exactly because this light is now spilling out of this uh, this enemy, this this foe yeah. of yours. It's not blood, it's light. No. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I believe that Zeth, I don't know, I'm not sure if Zeth could siphon off of that. I think he does. I think he does. Yeah. So he can breathe it in. So again, yeah. really cool on the visual yeah, sort of side right. of things. And, and, and going back to the, when uh, gravity is being manipulated in the lashings, uh, man, I mean, I mean, of course, as a pop culture, you know, a film sort of person, you know, you're coming off of the Matrix. You're coming off of video games like Prince of Persia and others, where you're crawling around on the sides, or you go to you go to Christopher Nolan's Inception, where they play with gravity visually there, and it was very easy for me uh, in reading that scene how to visualize. Yeah, very much so. I, I thought I thought it was the same. Oh, like I so I think cool. I thought of Inception um, when I first read it too. Like I. I it, it was clear to me that it was perfect. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super, super excited. Uh, the artwork on the cover is amazing. Um, yeah, I really don't know what I'm looking at with this divisive world, this rock, this barren rock, these two yeah. warriors on the front. Like, I'm not sure if that's uh, Kalak meeting 
and Yezrian, or if that's a later battle that's referenced, I don't know, but, um, yeah. But, uh, uh, the king is dead, long live the king. Right? Um, he's dead, long live the king. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's the end of the pro- prologue. That's the end. That's um, so, so, so one of the things end. I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to point out, um, before we, uh, we end is that, um, um, throughout the chapter of the prologue, Zeth, um, doesn't really like himself very much. He, he says, no. he says something like, uh, when he sees the shard bearer for the first time, he says, good, maybe someone can end his miserable life. He, um, Correct. Yeah. Some, yeah. something's up with him. He's, there's, he's a, a pitiful almost. And, um, like he says, I'm sorry to those two guards. Right. So there's, there's something, yeah. there's something underneath all of this here that, uh, that, that he's yeah, he dealing with. Well, and, he, and even right to the end, the last sentence of the, um, of his death, saying that he does not want the king's shard blade. He had no use for it. The blade that Seth already carried was curse enough. Yeah. So he already right. already he already kind of considers what he is being a right. shard bearer. A curse. And he's apologizing for what he has to do. So there's yeah. definitely some so some regret here in this character. So well I mean cool, obviously dude. I wish we uh, I wish we could talk more about it, but I don't know anymore. Yep. So uh, yeah, that's next it. time we we'll, do this, you'll I have three more. Well, yeah. there you go. So, so this is our first one. Uh, it's uh, above yeah. silence. So I'm going to read that next. I'm not sure how long it is. Or uh, yeah, you read whatever you can read, and uh, I will listen again. And hopefully, um, we will be able to record again soon because this was really fun. I look forward to it. I, uh, I, uh, the, you're, um, you're bringing a different passion to this, a uh, different eye to this than I think I had when I first read it. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying this. This is really fun. Oh, and you're making it, uh, so easy to talk about it. And it's nice to be able to, uh, get excited about something like this and talk about it with it, with a friend. So I really yeah, appreciate yeah. And it. And I mean, it's, me it's, uh, it's a perfect, uh, we get to hang out and talk about books. So what more do you want? <laughs> there you go. Cool, dude. Yeah, I can't right, wait read, for next time. Yeah, read up and we'll uh, we'll talk again. Will do. All right. If you're interested in supporting the show, head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash heroes of. If you want to reach out and talk to Jack or I about the series or about the show, you can do so at Heroes of One on Twitter or at Heroes of Akathra on Instagram. Thanks a lot.